Someone said, I love you because you first loved me. We're so grateful for it today. Thank God for the choir and the musicians. Thank God for their service. Amen. How about that drummer, huh? <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We're so grateful. Listen, um, we're, we're in Colossians. I want you to stay with me. We're going to do this again. I need you to repeat after me. Anybody know this by heart yet? Cool. All right. <laughs> well, I have great worth apart from my performance. Because Christ gave his life for me. He imparted great value to me. I am deeply loved. I am fully pleasing. Listen, I want you to stand to the side and rub your stomach and say, I am fully pleasing. Okay, good. I am totally forgiven. I am accepted. Approved. And complete. In Christ Jesus. Let's give Christ Jesus a hand, everybody. Come on. <laughs> we are complete. Why don't you go ahead and be seated? We are complete in Him. Let, let's review a little bit. I'm going to read some scripture out of um, Colossians chapter 2. I'm going to start with verse 9. Talking about Jesus says, For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The Godhead means deity. Okay? That means Father, Son, and Holy Ghost dwells in Jesus. All right? I told you about my problem with the math, right? There's Father, the God is the Father, the Son is the... Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God, yet there's only one God. Amen? Amen. Um, the Bible says great is the mystery of godliness. Yes. It, it is a mystery, okay? The math... The regular math doesn't work out. You got to take it by faith. That's that natural understanding. We count three. But in faith, we understand there's only one. Amen? Amen. So look what it says here. And ye, verse 10, ye are complete in him. You are complete in Christ Jesus. All right? You don't need Jesus plus Buddha, Jesus plus Moses, Jesus plus somebody else. You are complete in Jesus. All right? Which is, because he is the head of all principality and power. I mean, he's the head of all authority. He's the highest authority anywhere, in the natural and in the spirit. Okay? Everything is coming under, is going to report to him. He says, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Right? So he's the one. He's the highest. He's the preeminent. He's the sovereign. There's nobody above him. There's no appeal. <laughs> you don't appeal any higher than Jesus. All right? He's the one. You don't say, well, I'm going to talk to your father and see what he thinks. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. All right? Because he is in the father. The father's in him. And he said, if you have known me, Philip, you have known the father. Okay? So the, you can't try that with him. It doesn't work because he and the father are one. But look what else it says here. In whom, talking about you, right, also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. All right? Not the natural circumcision of the, you know, not natural, we're going to talk about that. Not natural circumcision like they do for little babies in the hospital. 
Okay? And like the like um like Abraham and the Jewish people, well they weren't Jews back then, but Abraham and all his descendants did, you know, with the with the men and the family and the servants and everybody. Okay? And if you were converted, if you if one of you heathen men was converted to Judaism, you would get circumcised too. As a grown dude. Yeah, imagine that. Okay, but look what it says here. Um, circumcision made without hands, the putting off of the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Talking about, in it's figurative language, but what it's saying that your sins are put off, your body of sins, the sins that you've been born with is put off, is taken away. See, we don't just have our sins covered like on the Day of Atonement. That's a covering. Okay, and next year they got to do it again. You have your sins removed from you. This is important to understand. They're taken from you. But, Pastor, I still got these inclinations. I got these thoughts, and I, sometimes I misbehave. I understand all that, but your sins are taken from you. All right? And you have an advocate. Remember, we have an advocate with the Father, the man Christ Jesus. We have, we have Jesus who died for our sins and was risen again and is at the right hand of the Father to make intercession for you. All right? And he's paid for all your sins. Now, don't disclaimer here. That doesn't give us license to sin, does it? No, 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 no. That don't mean we get away with sin, does it? No, no, no. Because we have consequences. It may not send you to hell, but there will be consequences for your bad behavior. If we misbehave and we act up and we do things wrong, and whether it's a mistake or on purpose, there are consequences. Amen. There's some folks I know who act up so badly because they don't have enough consequences in their life. Right? And it's, it's true. They don't have enough consequences because if you had consequences, you wouldn't behave the way you behave right now. You know I'm not talking about church folk at the moment, right? I'm talking about somebody else's children. They need more consequences. And unfortunately, I'm not in a position to um, provide that to them. I have to refer them to a higher power. <laughs> but look what it says here. All right? And so we, we have this thing where our sins are taken from us. And look what it says in verse 12. It says, Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who has raised him from the dead. So we keep hammering this faith thing. We live by faith. Everything's done by faith. Our understanding is by faith. And we walk by faith and not by sight. We have to trust God for the stuff we're not watching, that we're not seeing. And this figurative language. So when we do baptism, when we baptize somebody in water, it's, it's figurative. It's, it's a symbol of dying with Christ and being risen again. Okay? The, the water does not save you, by the way. And God forbid, if you miss baptism, you're still saved. I don't, 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 don't. oh my God, I got to get to a pool. Uh, no. As much as we want you to be baptized, and we should be baptizing everybody who believes, if for some reason, whether it's your fault or mine, you don't get baptized, you're sure enough saved still. Okay? Amen. Oh, no, because I know people, they, they go out their way and get some water. Oh, I don't know what the thief on the cross got baptized with. But, you know, anyhow, here we go. 
And look what else it says here, verse 13. And you being dead, death is separation, by the way. Dead in your sins. You know, sins mean we missed the mark, right? It's like we, we, we did not achieve the standard of correctness. That's our sins. There's other words for sin, too, but that's what we're talking about. And, uh, and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened, that means made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Trespasses mean you cross the line. You walk on my property, you are a trespasser. You have crossed the line, you went too far. All right? And that's what trespasses is. And your, your trespasses are forgiven. Think about it. Think about it. Yeah, even that thing that came to your mind right away is forgiven. It's forgiven. And what you have to also understand, that thing that comes to your mind about other people, that's forgiven too if they're believers in Christ. All right? Your brother and your sister in Christ is forgiven too, y'all. Much as you mad at them for it. <laughs> Much as you've been offended by it, God forgives them. God forgives them of that, and we have to um, we have to comply with the Lord and forgive also. I know that's challenging, isn't it? Oh yeah, I said, but Pastor, you don't know. That's right, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but Jesus died for them, forgave their sins. He died for you, forgave your sins, and He wants us to forgive others too. And um, if you need help, he'll help you do it. Amen? Amen. He'll help you do it. Yes, he will. He'll help you do it. Uh, here's, a, here's, a, here's, here's what I wanted to get to. I read all the other stuff just to get to verse 14. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against you. There's a bunch of laws set up, and they're all against you. Laws are for the lawless. That's why Deacon Alley raising his hand. The laws are for the lawless. If we weren't lawless bunch of folk, we wouldn't need the laws. If we actually love God and love people, we wouldn't need all those rules out there. And in here too. Because we, be, we would be motivated and we'd make our decisions because of the love we have. Right? But since we're not that kind of people naturally, we have to have laws. We have to have rules. We have to have police. We have to have signs and lights and things and, 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 and signals and, and, and stuff to remind us what the law is. Okay? Because we are lawless, sister. We are a lawless bunch of folk. And that's what the laws are for. And all those laws are pointing at you saying you've been wrong and you're wrong and you're wrong and you're wrong. But let's think about this. Let's talk about the laws of God, the law, so-called law of Moses. All that stuff points you out and makes you a, a, um, a transgressor. It sure does. And let me read something to you out of Romans chapter 3. Come on, I'll wait for you to get there. Now, it's a little dangerous when we go into the book of Romans because I want to read the whole thing out loud. But I have to uh, resist doing that. Okay? Romans chapter 3, we'll start at verse 21. I hear the papers turning, so we'll wait. I'll start at verse 19 so you catch up to us when we get to 21. Now, we know that what things so, so ever 
the law says, it says it to them who are under the law, and every mouth may be stopped, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. <laughs> we're guilty. We were guilty, y'all. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. You know what that means? It means the law reveals your sins. Yes. Right? If there was no law, there wouldn't be no sin. So I wouldn't know it. I would be ignorant. I might even be naive. But because the law is there, now I know what I'm doing is wrong. Does it stop me from doing it? Probably not. Verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So the righteousness of God that, that's, not, that's without the law, that's outside the law, is revealed and witnessed by the, by the law and by the prophets. It's witnessed by the Old Testament. Okay? I mean, even Abraham was justified by faith, y'all. And he came before the law. There was no law for him. There was no Moses. Because he's Abraham. But Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. <laughs> right? So, so faith comes, faith is how Abraham was declared righteous. And everybody since then. Okay, and people before him too. I right, look what it says here. Okay, so, but now righteousness of God without the law is manifest or revealed or made aware and opened up to us, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. Here's what we're talking about. Remember Mother Graham was talking about um, the preacher from Tulsa? who talked about the law, um, the, the gospel of inclusion, where everybody was saved because of what Jesus done. Well, this disagrees with him. And this is the word of God. It says, upon all them that believe. Right? It's not just automatic. You got to believe in Jesus. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Verse 24 being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Amen? So we're justified freely. It means that we didn't have to buy it or earn it or achieve it or require it some kind of special way. It's freely given us to us because we believe. It's almost, it's almost too easy. The most effort I made was no effort. I made no effort for salvation. I believed it. I heard it. And I believed it. Now, I have to admit, I didn't believe the first time I heard it. I mean, after 17 years of hearing it, then I believed, sis. You know, after about 17 years of hearing it, I believed it. But that's all I did. And he gave me the faith to believe it. All right? Look what it says. I got to read another verse. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation of substitution, a substitutionary sacrifice through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins. That means for the payback. 
When something is remitted, it's paid back, right? For the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. I might as well read the next verse too, right? Okay. To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. There it goes again. It's not automatic. You got to believe in Jesus to be justified. We have to tell him. You got to believe in Jesus. It's not just any old religion. It's not just any belief. Oh, as long as you believe in something, you're okay. No, no, you got to believe in Jesus. Oh, well, if I follow the law of Moses, no, you got to believe in Jesus. Hear what we're saying? They have to do the same thing you have to do. Believe in Jesus to be justified. You don't have to get circumcised to be justified. You don't have to follow certain rules and regulations to be justified. It's not certain days of the week or meats or, or, or diets and things like that to be justified. You don't have to prove yourself to anybody, the priests and, uh, and the leaders and the preachers and the prophets and stuff, and have them lay hands on you to be justified. You don't even have to come to the altar to be justified. You have to believe in Jesus. And yeah, I'm talking to people who already believe, I can tell. But somebody's listening on the podcast, on the podcast, believe in Jesus and you'll be saved. Where, right where you are, where you're standing, where you're sitting, where you're driving, no matter where you are, what you're doing, if you believe in Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, you will be justified too. Yeah. Amen? All right, let's go to Romans chapter 5 then. What we're trying to get you to understand is not about your rules and regulations and the laws and the stuff. For by grace are you saved through faith. That's what it tells us in Ephesians, right? Amen. Romans chapter 5. Now remember, um, I'm showing a lot of um, control here because I want to read everything. (laughs) I do. We're in Romans, man. I want to read it all. I want you to hear every word of it. You're lucky I'm not going to Romans chapter 8. I'm I'm avoiding Romans chapter 8 on purpose. Because I'll get in there and won't be able to get out. Romans chapter 5, verse 19. Uh Uh-huh. We'll start at verse 18. No, we're going to start at verse 18. I'm not going to go up any higher. Therefore... As by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Talking about Father Adam. When Father Adam sinned, we all became sinners. It's not your fault that you was born in sin. It's not even your parents' fault. Okay? You was born that way. Just as you was born with the same race that you're in and the gender you was born with, you didn't choose to sin either. You didn't choose it. Not at birth you didn't. These natural-born sinners, it's not your fault. All right? Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification. Now, that, that sounds like everybody got it, doesn't it? Well, that's why we read the other scriptures, though, so we can understand, remind ourselves that it's only to those who believe. The free gift is available to all people. It's free and it's available to everybody. This is not, this is not a... T- it, um, what you call, it's not, it's tight, 
but it's not restrictive. It doesn't exclude people. Only thing that excludes people is the lack of faith. Okay? So, so it's, it's the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. That's what it says, y'all. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abound, grace did much more abound. So the law entered. The law was there to expose the offense and make the offense bigger than what you realize it was. Right? See, I didn't know that was wrong. Then someone told me that was wrong. Ted, that's wrong. Now I know better. Right? I know better. If I do it again, shame on me, right? And I'll have to suffer the consequences. All right? So that's what the law was. And folks didn't know it was wrong until the law came, until the Lord used Moses to write all this stuff out and put it in these books and shared it with the people. And they realized, oh, man, that's wrong, too. And this is wrong. And that's wrong. There's so much wrong. The law just exposes the sin and it makes the sin bigger. And you're worse off now because now you know better. You're better off not knowing. Then you think you have an excuse, right? You know, but the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God and the earth shows forth his, fan, uh, his you know, his work and things like that. It also says there's something in us. There's something in us. Even those that don't get exposed to the word, there's something in you. Even though you're born in sin, there's something in you that lets you know that there's something not right. That you're missing on something, right? And, and you know, and, and the Bible talks about these things. But let's get back to this here. The law, all right? The law came and exposed the sin and made, and made the, but where sin abound, grace did much more abound. The, verse 21, that as sin hath reigned over death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So where, where, where sin abound, grace did much more abound. God has enough grace for any of your troubles, sins, wrongdoings, and stuff like that. He has more grace for you. You can't out-sin God because he has grace. Jesus died and covered all your sins, all their sins. Everybody that offended you, Jesus died to cover their sins. And if they come to faith in Jesus Christ, they show enough saved. You know, Ted Bundy got saved. Some of y'all don't know who that is. Some of the older ones remember those days. He, 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 um, he raped and murdered and maimed and did all kind of horrible things to people. He was a serial killer. And, and, in, and in prison, he came to faith in Jesus Christ, and he looked forward to his execution. He was sure enough saved, y'all. And God forgave all that stuff. Now, there's people still mad at him. Right? If that was one of my family's members, I have difficulty with it, too. But God forgives all that stuff. God forgives 
the sinner that comes to faith in Jesus Christ, no matter what they did to you, no matter how you feel, they do, they do not deserve this great salvation, but neither did you. None of us, none of us deserve, not about deserves. Okay, but look what it says here. All right, and so, so grace abounds where sin abounds, grace is much more abound. I got to read chapter 6, verse 1. Look what it says. Shall we con what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Of course not. But you know that God forbid means, and just somebody explained this to me just recently. God forbid, it means that God's not going to let that happen. He's not going to let you continue in sin so grace could abound. He's not going to allow it. Okay? How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? How, how can it happen? He's not, he will not allow that to happen. Okay? Uh, let's move on. Galatians chapter 3. And then we're almost done. Hurry up. I'll wait for you. Now, Paul's talking to a bunch of folks who forgot their roots, I guess. You know what he says to them? He says, oh, foolish Galatian, who hath bewitched you <laughs> that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Now, when he says crucified among you, he doesn't mean that the folks from Galatia were there for the crucifixion. He's saying that you have been presented the word and the truth of God and in your presence you have heard the truth. That's what he means. He said, who has tricked you not to believe the truth? Look what, why is he saying this? Because verse 2, this only would I learn of you. Receive you. Have you received the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish Having begun in the spirit, are now made perfect in the flesh? Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? In other words, he's saying, how, how can you do this? You, heard, you received it through faith. And now you're trying to be perfected through the law? Well, Paul is saying, you're foolish. It doesn't make sense. For by grace are we saved through faith, remember? Right? And the law does not perfect. The law just points out your sins. The law points out your faults. The law is like a big spotlight when you thought you was clean. They put that big spotlight on you and see wrinkles and, and smudges and stains. That's what the law does. What Jesus does by faith, he just cleans all that up. He doesn't cover it up. He doesn't hide it from you because he will expose your stuff, right? <laughs> You come to faith in Jesus Christ, your stuff gets exposed. He exposes your stuff and he cleans it up and separates you from your sin. Matter of fact, he'll give you new garments. He'll take the old raggedy garments away and give you some new stuff to put on. All right? And so what Paul's saying to the Galatians is that, yo, what happened to you? Who tricked you in not believing the truth? And it happens in the church today. 
We have folks sincerely come to faith in Jesus Christ. They want their sins forgiven. They believe the word. They receive the gospel. And then somebody gets a hold of them and says, now you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this and the other thing. To be perfected when it's clearly that you are complete in Christ Jesus. And some church person says, you're not complete until you do this. You're not complete until you have that. You're not complete until this is going on. You're not even going to heaven yet. It's a trick of the enemy. It's heresy. Right? You are complete in Christ Jesus. You're just as complete. On the day that you came to faith in Jesus Christ, you're just as complete as that mother who's been saved for decades. You are just as complete as she is. I say mother because y'all know the mothers don't mess around. <laughs> right? <laughs> You know what I'm saying. You got a picture, of, you got an image of mothers in your head right now. Uh-huh. Just, just, yeah, just like that mother. Uh-huh. You just as safe as she is with your messed up self. <laughs> oh, God. I, I'm going to read this one more. Don't leave this. <laughs> Let's skip down to verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the law, under the curse. For it is written, curse is everyone that continues not in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. In other words, if you're trying to follow the law, you know you can't keep it. It's a curse. Why live under the curse when I'm saved? When I'm forgiven? When I'm complete? When he's already pleased with me? I'm fully pleasing. You hear what I'm saying? Why am I going to try to get under the law and follow those rules and, and change my diet, change the days of the week, and change how I dress and get all that legalism when I'm already complete in him? All right? Okay, I got to walk away from this. Let's go back to Galatians. I mean, um, Colossians chapter 2. Let's go back there. And then we're going to be done. What are we trying to say, saints? We're trying to encourage you. To, the, every time we're trying to encourage you to have confidence in Jesus and his ability to save and keep you. And sometimes you feel like, well, I'm so bad and I'm so wrong. How can he keep me? And the sister said that if I'm wrong like this, there's no way I could go to heaven, right? And um, there's no way. Heaven's not the issue. You got to live this thing here. All right? And that ticket's already punched. Even if you thought you lost your ticket, they'll still let you on the train and take you there. The plane, train, bus, however you travel. The rapture is going to happen, and you just now you're going to know when it happens until it happens, and bang, whoa. You're going to look up and be there, caught up together with him in the air. All right, we're back in Colossians chapter 2. Okay, I'm going backwards now. Verse 8 says this. Beware lest any man spoil you, any person, through philosophy and vain deceit, after the traditions of men 
after the rudiments, rudiments is elementary education of the world and not after Christ. It tells us to beware, be careful. Don't let these folks trick you. Don't let somebody pull you away from the truth. All right? No matter how convincing the argument is, no matter how smart and educated the individuals are, right? Don't let, don't let anybody do that to you. Know the truth. No matter how they make you feel, and they'll even embarrass you and tell you how ridiculous you are, because the gospel is ridiculous anyway. It is. It's foolishness to them that don't believe it. It's a stumbling block. It's outrageous. It is outrageous that a heathen like you and I can be saved just through faith. After a life of sin and degradation and horrible things we've done, all I got to do is believe. I don't have to pay none of that stuff back to be saved. All I got to do is believe in Jesus. Because a righteous person, Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus the righteous has died for my sins and was risen again. And he paid the penalty for my sins, your sins, and everybody else's sins. And anyone who believes in him will live and have eternal life. That is outrageous. It doesn't make sense to the natural man. It doesn't make sense. I remember, remember Uncle Pete? Can't say Pete. That's what he said. You relatives of Pete Constant, John Constant, no. Can't say Pete. Pete got saved, y'all. <laughs> huh. Yeah, huh? Pete got saved. Because he believed in Jesus. He didn't do anything special. He didn't do anything different. He didn't even have a chance to live it out and go worship and, and, um, and witness and do all the works that people do, right, that we church folk do, right? All he did was believe, and God saved him, <laughs> right? So when you come across those folks that sit and think they can't be saved, you know, you don't have to argue with them. Just know, just know that the Lord can do it. He could do it. Only thing you have to tell them that God could do anything, he could do it. You trust him, let him do the work. Amen? But beware. Don't let these folks trick you. Don't let these folks talk you out of it. Don't let them embarrass you into believing something else. Because they could talk so well that you sit there and say, wow, you know, maybe, I, maybe I'm not, oh, I'm not sure. Not. No, don't let it happen. Be stubborn. So I don't care what you say. I don't care how great your argument is. I believe Jesus. Right? And I can't convince you. But I am convinced Jesus is the Christ, the Son, the living God. You don't have to rebuke him. You don't have to cut him off. You don't have to be rude. You can't hang up on him if you're on the phone, though. Right? Um, just believe Jesus. Especially you college students. Those people are crazy. I shouldn't put them all in a category like that. That's, that's called a generalization. And I shouldn't do that. There are some crazy people with PhDs instructing our young folks. Not all of them, thank God. All right? I shouldn't stereotype the whole group of them. All right? But the society that you live in, the public schools, 
society, and even some church organizations are telling you that this gospel is wrong. The government is saying that this is wrong. They're all liars, and God be true. Let every man be a liar, let God be true. Now, you don't have to go to school call people a liar. You don't have to show up at the Board of Ed meeting. You're liars. You're all liars. You don't have to go to Congress say a bunch of lying heathen. You don't have to do that. Just know the truth for yourself. And share it as you get opportunity. Amen? You don't even have to call your coworkers and family members liars. I said you don't have to. You might want to, though. But you probably shouldn't. Let the Lord lead you. Amen? Let the Lord lead you. <laughs> Anyhow, that's enough for now, isn't it? Say yes, somebody. Okay, good. Because I'll open up that book and keep going. Amen. Listen, so however you got saved, that's how you stay saved. And you don't even stay saved. That's, that's vernacular. That's church folk vernacular. Y'all stay saved now. <laughs> Jesus does the saving. He does the staying and the keeping. Doesn't he? Uh-huh. Y'all live saved. I'm, I'm sure enough going to live saved. You know? That's, that's our church folk vernacular. That's how we talk. Because we want people to behave themselves. We want, what we really want to say is don't sin. You're going out there, don't sin. You're getting out of my sight where I don't see you, don't sin. And they sin right in front of you anyway. So don't sin. That's what we're saying. If you sin, you have an advocate with the Father. There's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. So don't sin. Because you want to be pleasing to God. He's pleased with you already. He wants to be pleased with your behavior too. Come on, let's stand together. Remember, when those brothers asked Peter and them, what must we do to be saved? And he says, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. He said it because they already believed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because they already believed. And since you believe, go ahead and get baptized. Receive the gift. Because you already believe. All right? That's from my um, Acts 2.38 friend. They already believe. That's why they asked the question. You could believe too. If you haven't done so already, we encourage you to do it. We encourage you to believe in Jesus Christ. We encourage you to do it publicly. Because we're here. We support you. Amen? We support you. We're, we're a body of believers. And we support you. And if you're not believing, you, if, you're starting, if you're believing for the first time, we support you, and we just want you to come forth. Because we figured that if you do it in front of us, you, you, you may be encouraged enough to do it out in the world. But if you can't do it here, 
how can you go out there and do it? Amen? How can you go out there and do it? I know everybody in the room, but uh, I'm going to say it anyway. You could be saved today if you're not saved. You could be saved today if you're not sure. Just for the asking. Jesus done all the work. Okay? He died for my sins. And risen again, risen again on the third day. Amen. So, so trust in him.